Okay, welcome back to Trumbull Dads, the festive Christmas December edition. Um, along with myself, Nate Moyer, we got Brian BG and Rob Finn, also local Trumbull Dads, if you haven't figured that out with the Trumbull Dads name. But um, all right, boys, well, first off, we're going to talk about, I guess not first off, but some of the tops we're talking about is the NFL, kind of the playoff teams, a little NBA, a little college football, and then a little uh, Christmas movie trivia, uh, trivia bracket, that kind of stuff. Um, so, boys, what, what are we drinking tonight? So, obviously, we always start a segment off, but you guys have any festive drinks this this time of year? So, Rob, we'll start with you. What, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, not festive. I went outside the box, meaning outside Connecticut, and 99 Bottles had a little Fiddlehead last week, uh, Fiddlehead Brewing Company. It's a very clean, crisp IPA. I think it's just called their IPA. Um, if you haven't had Fiddlehead, they make some good brews. So, um, if you see anything in your local stores... I'd recommend picking it up. Yeah, the Fiddlehead's out of Vermont, correct? Is that right? Correct. When you say out of the state? Okay. That's good. I, I've had, I think I've had that one. I've had the second fiddle as well. They're both great IPAs. Brian's, Brian's got a little bit of a darker beverage over there from uh, what we can see on the Skype video here. So, Brian, what are you drinking tonight? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm over on the dark side uh, this evening going with the Imperial Stout Trooper, the bourbon-aged or bourbon barrel-aged Stout Trooper from New England Brewery. Uh, it's an annual release, and this year's batch, I was going to say, is pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Uh, but it's high octane, so uh, maybe you only have uh, one of these. <laughs> <laughs> anymore, you'll, uh, you'll be feeling it. All right. And I got, um, I'm drinking a festive one called, it's by Fat Orange Cat here in Connecticut, called Baby Elves. So it's kind of like their uh, Fat Orange Cat. Um, one of the other ones they have, but this is uh, this is kind of a higher octane, nine percent. It's it's pretty good. I've only had a couple sips, but this is uh, this is quite tasty. So uh, the can's got uh, all the little baby cats on it with uh, Santa hats. So kind of cool, festive festive drink for the month of December. But all right, guys, let's dive right in. So we'll talk about the NFL playoff picture. So kind of going to open it up. Like, what are you thinking about as far as we're getting near the playoffs now? Right now, I'm just going to rattle off the division leaders right now. Um, in the AFC, Buffalo's at ten and three. Pittsburgh is eleven and two. Kansas City is at twelve and one, and Tennessee Titans are at nine and four. On the NFC side, currently New Orleans is ten and three. Green Bay is ten and three. I feel like that's kind of quiet. I kind of feel like I kind of I haven't really paid that much attention to Green Bay, and they're ten and three. It's great. Um, the LA Rams are basically tied for first, but they're at nine and four. I think with the tiebreaker, and then the Washington Football Team is winning whatever that division is at six and seven, which is awful. (laughs) I don't even know if we can call them a a division right now. It's just a bad year for them. But They're a team with no name in in the worst division. It's a curse. Yep. Um, All right, so Brian. That so says 2020. The team with no name is winning the worst division in the NFL. Brian, we'll start with you. What what do you want to talk about with this? Like, you want to talk about it? Like, what are you thinking for the playoffs? What are you liking so far this season? Go ahead. Kind of leave it open to you. Uh, I like... You know, I think the AFC definitely has the stronger teams. Uh, I think your, you know, your favorite's going to come out of the AFC. Uh, Kansas City just looks like they're the best. Pittsburgh was right there, but those two losses um, to not so great teams. You know, I, I they, uh, they they should have won those, and they should have stayed that undefeated course. But uh, they kind of showed their their weakness a little bit. You know, they're not that. Uh, that perfect team uh, with with what, the, what was a perfect record, but 
Kansas City, definitely. Uh, they're strong. I can't really see anybody beating them. Uh, if you want to maybe look at a surprise there, maybe Tennessee. You know, I think Derrick Henry uh, and A.J. Brown, you know, those two big playmakers there, big dudes that can make plays. And they have a pretty solid defense. And their head coach coming out of New England has that uh, Belichick pedigree. I think he's trying to get that uh, that vibe there in Tennessee, and the players are starting to buy in, and um, they're looking pretty good. But uh, and don't sleep on Buffalo; uh, they they got a good team too. As much as it pains me to say, <laughs> uh, they are they're they're pretty solid. Their defense is, is stout. Uh, Josh Allen can run and throw. Uh, Stephon Diggs is a stud. You know they they've they've got a good team there. Uh, I think NFC. I think my Giants still have a shot. I mean, anybody there has a shot. Uh, and actually, I was looking at the schedules. Both teams lose the next two weeks. Uh, actually, the bull, if both teams lose this week. Which two uh, teams? Which two teams lose? Oh, if Washington and, and, and the Giants, if oh, they gotcha. lose the next, uh, their next games, they'll, uh, they'll finish with a, a losing record. Which uh, like the, the the winner of that will have a losing record and and host a home game in the playoffs, which is just crazy to me. Uh, but NFC, I mean, is wide open. I think you got you know New Orleans and Green Bay; those are your two top teams, and then there's everybody else. Uh, and I think as good as Green Bay and New Orleans are, I don't think they can uh, match up um, with the AFC with any top AFC team that's going to meet them in the Super Bowl. So, you know, Kansas City's definitely the favorite, but. Hey, it's football. It's any given Sunday. We've seen some crazy stuff happen, uh, and I'm just excited for the playoffs to be around the corner. Yeah, I like I like the use of stout. When you said the stout defense is pretty stout, the Buffalo defense, and you're drinking a stout, so that that was that was kind of cool. Obviously, I don't think you can work IPA into into the conversation. But Rob, Rob, what are your what are your thoughts? Let's take it take it away on your end. Well, uh, I'm not going to say breaking news. I'm sure you read this today, but Dwayne Haskins will be starting for Washington today. I thought they were going to take this division, being that Daniel Jones hasn't been 100%. But with Haskins starting, he hasn't been playing well. And if Colt McCoy starts for the Giants, every starting quarterback for the NFC East this week will not be playing. It'll be all backups playing for the NFC East. With Haskins, Colt McCoy, um, uh, Andy Dalton out in, out in Dallas, and uh, 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 Jared Hurts. Jalen. Jalen Hurts. I'm thinking of uh, Jordan Love from in Green Bay. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I think the East is wide open still. Uh, the The Giants can still squeak it out. The The only caveat the Giants have is that they had a tiebreak against Washington, so Washington needs to be outright, beat the Giants outright by a game. They do have a game at hand. Um, so we'll see what happens to the Giants. I don't expect much out of the playoffs. Green Bay – Saints should be the NFC Championship game. I think it'll be a great game. I think Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, if he comes back, will be a fun um, Super Bowl representative. I think one of those guys getting their second Super Bowl will be really nice. Um, AFC is strong. I think they have the the best teams. Uh, they just seem to have those those leaders. The NFC just can't seem to find anybody in their divisions to to dominate. You know, just when you think one team's getting hot, they start losing a couple of games. But the AFC, you know, I think it's wide open. I think Steelers, Tennessee, even the Colts at 9-4 are still playing well. Um, first year, you know, Phillip Rivers being over there. Kansas City is the team to beat. Buffalo 
had a shaky middle, but they've been playing much better winning three games in a row. So I, I think the AFC playoff teams are going to be a much, uh, much more fun games to watch than the NFC. But, you know, don't sleep on Seattle, I guess, or even the Rams. Because they seem to be streaky, but the Rams are playing hot. So, um, yeah, three games ago, I think it's going to be interesting, these final three games. Um, let's just, they've been doing well with COVID. And, well, let's say not well, but they've gotten all the games in. So let's see if they can hopefully finish this out and get playoffs and we have a Super Bowl. Yeah, it was great. I think they announced one thing about the Super Bowl would be um, all of the vaccinated health professionals will be allowed to uh, attend the game, which is really cool. It's, it's, uh, it's cool they're doing that. Also, they've also mentioned they're not going to cut the line, uh, which is something we talked about on the other podcast, about that's going to be a PR nightmare if the players were to get, get the vaccine before uh, you know other people that need it. Um, so that, that would be cool. But again, I agree. I hope we get that Super Bowl in. You guys both make great points. I do think the AFC is stronger. Um, I was I was a Pittsburgh guy a few weeks ago. Right now, I'm not sold on them anymore. I think they're, at best, they might win one game against a weak team, and then they're done when they play a, a decent team in the playoffs. NFC, I think you're right. I think it would be Green Bay and New Orleans would be great. I'd love to see Breeze win a second ring. Rodgers, eh, I don't really care too much about that. But I, I'd, I'd like to see Breeze. But, uh, you know, something's going to have to happen for the NFC to win that Super Bowl because that – that AFC looks pretty strong. So, all right, guys. Well, now let's talk a little NBA. NBA preseason has started. Brian's been texting me a little bit about the Phoenix Suns when they play, which I appreciate because sometimes I forget about that on the East Coast. Um, I'm kind they're of excited about. Too, by the way, they're yeah, they're playing the Lakers, Lakers, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm excited. I'm excited for that. The Suns are, you know, they're going to be a playoff team. I feel like this year if they stay healthy with CP3, Booker, Anton. So, um, I'm sorry, Aiton. So, I, I'm excited for that, but. You guys, one of the big stories is um, James Harden. So he showed up to camp preseason or whatever. He kind of looked overweight. I think we were sending some pictures back and forth of him with a little beer gut. Looks like the off-season workouts were just uh, not something he was interested in. But right now he's kind of pushing for a trade. Houston said they're opening it up um, for some of the teams that they want to trade him to. So what do you guys think? Do you guys think Harden will stay this season or do you think he's gone before the season starts, midway through the season? So Rob, we'll start with you this time. I, man, I think Houston was going to ship him out, but I think it just, their reason they're expanding trade talks is because everyone saw those pictures and was like, how, wait, we wanted to give up what for Harden? They're not sure what they're going to get right now. Um, I mean, he's had some really stellar years in Houston, um, but I, I, I just can't see a team like Brooklyn or Philadelphia wanting to trade for him or at least give up a lot for him. Um, you know, they think they, Brooklyn has their dynamic, what they want. I don't know if adding another superstar is going to be too much over there. Same thing with Philadelphia. They've got a good young team. Is, is Harding going to take them over the top? Possibly. Does Philadelphia want to give up some young stars for him? I, I'm not so sure. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what, you know, other teams value Harden this late and how much money he's making, too. Is it worth giving up picks? Is it worth giving up young talent for a year or two? And if he's not in shape, you know, you're going to wait out the next couple of months for him to get in shape. Is that worth it? Um, it's going to be interesting. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. Um, I if think you, he kind of came in and just said F it. He's just like, all right, whatever. He doesn't care right now. All right, so Rob, what do you think? He's staying on the team this year or you think he's gone? I think he's going to end up staying. I don't all think right. they're going to find any trade trade partners for him. Maybe I could see a midseason trade if he starts playing better. All right. All right, Brian, what about you? Think he's staying? You think he's going? 
Dude, I, I think they, I think they blew the, blew it. You know, I, I, they could have dealt him when uh, they had Westbrook, but they made the Westbrook for John Wall trade, and uh, now they've got John Wall. And I, you know, I, I think it's not going to be so much that they, they, looking for a trade partner. I don't think anybody's going to want James Harden. He's not a team player. You know, his attitude. Uh, uh, I think you'd have to go to a team that's that's pretty desperate, you know, to have a superstar and to uh, to put up points and have people watch, which wouldn't land him on a contender. You know, I, I could see him going to a team like like Sacramento or uh, Charlotte. You know, uh, maybe Philly, but they would have to give up Ben Simmons, and I don't know if Embiid would play well with uh, with Harden. You know, he's just not a fit there. Uh, maybe Minnesota, you know, that, that could be a, a good landing spot. You know, uh, they'd have to deal D'Angelo Russell, but then you'd have Harden and Cat, uh, and I think that would be a pretty interesting team right there too. All right. All right, guys, so let's talk about your sleeper team. So I think we kind of all know, like, the favorites this year. It's like the Lakers, Clippers, Bucks, the Nets, Celtics kind of are in there, the Heat, who just came off the, the NBA Finals. So... Um, do you guys have a sleeper team? Like, if you were in Vegas right now, you didn't want to pick one of the top favorites. Who's your sleeper team right now? Just based on preseason, off-season moves. Um, so, Brian, we'll start with you this time. Do you have a sleeper team that's not a big, big name? Sleeper team to win the championship, or just sleeper team to play well? No, say sleeper team right now. We'll just say sleeper team to win the championship. If you're in Vegas and you have to pick a futures a bet on a team that's just not, you know, the top six, top seven. You're making just a, a Hail Mary wager out there. Who are you picking right now, just based on anything you can think of in the offseason, preseason? Uh, I, I guess who, who's, the, who's the sleeper? Mm, depends what your top teams are. I guess I would probably say the Utah Jazz. Jazz, all right. Yep, I think they got a good team. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, he's a, he's a stud. You know, he's a local guy. He's a New York guy. Um, he's out there with Utah, and he just signed a big contract. He's, you know, he's their superstar. If they keep Rudy Gobert at center there, uh, I know there's been some some team stuff with him, you know, internally. If they can kind of get over that, uh, they got Mike Conley and um, Bogdanovich, and uh, they got a good little good little team there. Royce O'Neal uh, off the bench, and um, you know, I think they can compete with anyone. Uh, they showed that last year, the past couple of years in the playoffs. You know, when they go up against Portland and Houston, those kind of teams, they, you know, they played well. Uh, they were just missing that one piece. Uh, so I could see them making some trades this year to try and improve that team and, and get them over the over the hump. Uh, that I guess if I had to pick a sleeper, that would be them. You know, okay. The, Utah. You know, they're not at the bottom of the barrel, but no. they're uh, they're right there and they're on the cusp. They're, they're going to be good. If you were in Vegas right now, right now the Utah Jazz are thirty-five to one favorites. So. Just throw 100 bucks on that. Just for our reference, you know, <laughs> throw 100 bucks that 35 to 1, that's not bad. So, um, Rob, Rob, what's yours? What, if you had a sleeper team, right? Like, so let's just say we're going to, just so everybody can kind of know, we're eliminating Lakers, Clippers, Bucks, Nets, Celtics, Heat, Raptors. Outside of that, who do you, who do you like? We'll call the, any, any other teams a sleeper team. Oh, yeah, sure. You, you name all the teams that I would have picked after that are sleepers. Well, um, all those teams or those are those just teams those, you know, Rob? <laughs> uh, no answer no comment um you know it i don't know it's it's there i don't know if it's gonna be considered a sleeper but 
it'll be interesting to see how the Brooklyn Nets play now with Kevin Durant out there. Um, you know, I think Eastern Conference, the Raptors are going to be good. 76 will be good. I think LA is going to be obviously favored. You know, I don't know if the Jazz would be a sleeper. I think people expect them to play well. But you're right. They're probably not expected to win a championship. Um, I was going to say Clippers out of the West could be a, a sleeper coming out of there because everyone expects Golden State to do well. The, the Lakers have obviously to do well. Um, but if I think I would have to say a sleeper pick to win it all might be the Brooklyn Nets. I know they're not sleepers, but they're currently you know, six to one. They're not really a sleeper. But uh, yeah, I, 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 I don't think that's, there's a that's sleeper. NBA doesn't <laughs> have sleeper picks anymore. There are no sleeper picks. I mean, it's going to be one of the top six teams or top three or four teams in each division. I mean, they're just they're too dominant. No one's going to surprise anybody. There's not going to be a team that comes out of the blue and wins like. 55 games and makes a run in the playoffs. It just doesn't happen anymore. I think teams are uh, they're just stacked too well. Um, you know, so I know I don't think there's going to be a sleeper pick. I think I, I watched the the Nets. I know they're six to one, but I think they might be the team to kind of take the East this year and yeah. be the top dogs there. And obviously, you don't know. You got to see how Kyrie and, and Durant are going to gel over there too. So that's that's not a given. Um, I want to see Kyrie play a full season. That dude that plays would like be, 20 games. Yeah, I mean. He, he's always injured. I mean, he's always talking. He, he's, he hasn't really actually played. You know, when he plays, he's good. He's great when he plays. You're right. Uh, I, I, he's got to stay on the court. KD, same thing. I mean, I, at this point in his career, I think it's uh, he's fragile. But I agree with Rob. I mean, there, there's really no team that's just going like, to come out and, and win. It's not like in, NFL, in the NFL where, you know, you, you've got teams like, oh, this team gets in the playoffs. They can go on a run. And, and get to the Super Bowl. It's only like four games they have to win right. to do that, right? Um, in basketball, Winning four series not, is as much different. Right, that's that's a right. much different. It's very, it's very different, uh, and it's hard. I mean, hey, look, NHL has it. You could pick an NHL sleeper, and they get hot in the playoffs, or yep. ride a hot goalie, and they go. But basketball, yeah. like Rob said, the teams are stacked. You know, you pretty much know who's going to win. You got your top four teams. Those are going to be in the, you know, each, you know, top two are going to be in the conference final. You could probably pick that, um, but you know, you you never know. You know, the, the could, injuries could happen. Look what happened to Golden State. They were, they were, you know, going and going, and then down goes Clay, down goes uh, Curry, and they tank. You know, so uh, we'll see. Yep. So yeah, I just don't see any seven or eight seeds winning. You know, I guess that would be a super no, pick. No, right? I mean, I just don't see a seven or eight. No, but it, you, the, you, and you used to have that. You used to have an eight seed make a run, maybe beat a one every once every decade, a, a seven beat a two, but. You just haven't seen that a lot in the last, I don't know, what, 10 years, really? Yeah. I don't know. I nothing comes to mind, really. It almost makes the regular season better. You know, the regular season's fun to watch. These games, you know, they got there, there's definitely more parity, I think, game to game. But in a playoff series, it, it is what it is. You know, the, the, the top team, if they're healthy, they're, they're going to win. Right. Yeah. One team I think is a sleeper. Obviously, I'm going to throw out the Phoenix Suns just because I'm kind of a homer. I would like to see that. They're at 40 to 1, but the team that I think is the sleeper, if I had to pick one, is Portland. They took the Lakers, I think, to what, six or seven games last year. They got Damian Lillard. That would be my sleeper pick if I had to pick one. Um, they're at, what are they ranked? They're at 50 to 1 right now. 50 oh, wow. to 1. So, I did not really? Think that yeah. That's so I think maybe I we do have to, to put a dash change my answer. I'm going to pick Portland. Portland's <laughs> going to be my sleeper pick now. Yeah, there you go. All right, and just just for reference, because I know uh, Brian Brian over here is a, a Knicks fan. Knicks currently four hundred to one odds. So oh, yeah. throw a hundo, you want to throw a hundo on that? Down. Let's put a hundred bucks on them. We'll buy that that lake house and then uh, <laughs> have 
have, have some cash. parties up there. There you go. Hey, man, the Knicks are going to be good. I don't know if you guys are speaking to the Knicks. I don't know if you're watching this, any of their preseason, but Emmanuel quickly is going to be a stud. So you, hey, you they, heard it. I know it was Cleveland, but they look good. They came back 17 point down in the fourth quarter. I think they have a good young team. This will be the year where they make strides. Everyone's picking them to be last, but I think they could win some games. I don't I don't think they make playoffs. If they do, it's going to be like an eight seed squeezing in, but I think they win I'm 40 happy. games. I'm happy with the draft picks they've had the last few years, and I think they have a good, solid, young core group with Knox, Barrett, Obi, Quickly. I mean, I think they just have a, a good, young core group. If one of those guys can be a superstar, if we can get a free agent superstar in the next year, who knows? That's they what's going to get us there. Quick team. They, right. they had those, uh, those five young kids out there on the floor at the same time, and they looked great. Yeah. And Quickly was able to run the show. Uh, they could be a turnaround team. They can go... They could be real quick with one guy or these guys just playing well. I think they could be they could surprise some people. And you got the allure of New York City yeah, too for some next. of the free agency. So that could that could happen. We'll see. We'll see next the next few podcasts. We'll see how the Knicks are uh, Knicks are doing there. We're gonna change gears now and do college football. So we were kind of talking before we started recording about kind of like the whole hypocrisy of Ohio State didn't play enough games to get in their conference championship. The Big Ten commissioner, the Big Ten conference then changed it. To allow, you know, a team that only has played five games to actually make the conference championship. So now Ohio State is now in their conference championship, and obviously, right, I think they're ranked uh, third in the current BCS rankings as well. So, uh, Rob, I was going to ask you what, what what's your take on this? Because I, I can tell you right now, I hate Ohio State. Like this is even before my family, my uh, my wife's family, Michigan fans. Before I even married into that, I did not like Ohio State. So anything anti Ohio State, I'm I'm for. But what's what's your take on this? I don't blame Ohio State. I blame the Big Ten. I think the Big Ten made a mistake. One, they jumped the gun without consulting any other college conferences about spending the season. They got backed into a corner when other teams are doing it and doing it well. Then they started coming out the thing. Then they make the announcement, you need to play six games. Why would you, why would you paint yourself in a corner saying that knowing COVID could happen? And then what happens? Ohio State plays five games. Three canceled because of COVID, and not one of those were because of them. It was the other team. So guess what? Money talks. $6 million you get for being in a championship, the championship series. So suddenly they changed their damn mind. So I don't blame Ohio State. I blame the Big Ten. I think, you know, a bunch of hypocrites, and I think it's silly. Um, they should never have done it. I, I kind of don't think Ohio State should be in be allowed in the college playoffs just for that reason to kind of penalize the big, uh, you know, big 10 a little bit. Cause I think there's a lot of teams out there that are good. And you know, Ohio state plays half the games. Who knows what they would have done the other half. I, I think it's kind of unfair. You know, Texas A&M is seven and one Iowa state's eight and two. They're a good team. Florida just lost a heartbreaker at eight and two, but they're a good team too. And Cincinnati, Cincinnati's got some good Cincinnati's eight. No, I mean, as well, right. They're ranked like ninth. I mean, I think it's very unfair that the NCAA will allow Ohio State doing it. I think they should kind of punish the Big Ten a little bit, saying, you know what, that was your choice. Um, you went in this alone, and now you don't get to have a team. You don't get the representation. I understand it's one of the better divisions, but it's not fair. How do you play half the games? If we played half the games in baseball, the Mets would be in the playoffs every single year the last 10 years. There we go. But no, they, they fall in, uh, in July, and that's it. So you don't play half a season and then get to go to the playoffs. So um, nothing against Ohio State. I just don't think that they should be allowed to be in the playoffs. 
Yeah, I, I would have to agree with you on that. I mean, looking at it, it's, and again, like you're saying, it's not Ohio State's fault. Ohio State are the absolutely talented team. Yes, if this was midseason, would they be number three? Absolutely, right? But they're not. They're not getting the games. How do you, how do you take a team that has one loss, but they've played eight games over a team that's just played five, and if they win the champion, this Big Ten championship, that's six wins, right? You only have six. There's a smaller body of work. So I, I don't like that. Again, I, I don't like Ohio State, but I don't think it's on Ohio State. I think it's just the fact that there's a five-win team out there that's in contention. What I don't think, I just don't think that's fair. I think all the other teams that are in the top ten have a legitimate shot at at that fourth spot in the playoff. Now Notre Dame and Clemson are playing this weekend, and that will be the ACC championship. I think even if Notre Dame loses that, they're probably still in the playoff. Clemson's in the playoff. It's just a matter of seeding. Whereas if Notre Dame wins, then Clemson's out. Now you're talking, you know, Ohio State and another team. Could that be a Cincinnati? Could that be a Texas A&M? So, I mean, I, I think personally, I, I think Ohio State doesn't deserve it this year. And that's not really anything on them. I just think it's just the way things played out in the Big Ten. So, Brian, what, do you have any thoughts on this? I know you're not really that into college football, but what's your take? Oh, I, I think, I think the, uh, the NCAA and the Big Ten is a big crock of, you know what, and uh, I think they they just want to have these games for the money, and that's really the bottom line. They don't really care about anything else than getting those games on TV and having their schools in the championship and these these playoffs. You have all of these other colleges that are either playing or not playing this year, um, and you've already kind of predetermined who is going to be in those playoffs, uh, and you could tell uh, by the scheduling and you know making changes during the season. Uh, I don't know. It, I don't think it's a, a good look for the NCAA and, and these programs uh, that are going through this. But, you know, they're playing. I uh, hope the kids play well, stay safe, and get their their uh, you know their draft to the NFL like they want because after going through all of this, they deserve it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know what, maybe they have a season. Hopefully those kids get drafted, but – you know, there's no reason they should be in the playoffs, like you said. I mean, you feel bad for the kids, too. You don't want to take it away from them. But they're exploiting these kids just like they do for every single game. Oh, we want to, we're want for the safety of the kids. Oh, wait, what did you say? Oh, other teams are doing it? Oh, okay, I guess it's safe for us to play now suddenly. You know, it's such it, they're, they're such hypocrites. Yeah, so we'll, uh, I, think, I think the selection Sunday is this Sunday, I think, is when they announced the, the top four because I think the conference championships are Saturday. Really not much to watch um, except for the ACC championship, I think. The Big Ten, if you're into the Big Ten, you probably watch that one. I think otherwise everybody's just going to be either pro-Big Ten with Ohio State or maybe this all goes away and Ohio State loses, then it's not even an issue. But, I, you know, they're, they're too talented of a team. They're probably going to win their championship. But I don't know if a six-win team is allowed to get in. But, you know, what you guys are saying, hypocrisy, all that stuff, the money talks, That's I think that's dead on. So... All right, let's get in more of a festive spirit here. So what I want to do, I compiled eight Christmas movies, and I want to do a bracket with you guys of what's the best Christmas movie. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Of go ahead, Rob. these Christmas movies, let's, let's discuss. I want to know Brian's opinion on this. Let me ask you a question, Brian. There's been a big debate over the years, and I have this argument with my cousin who's actually in Arizona. Um, are you one of these guys who believe that Die Hard is a Christmas movie, or are you a communist? <laughs> uh i guess i'd be a communist i mean it, all, right, all right this all this right. seems like a good this seems like a good um pro and con right like you guys take the side so opening statements right here 
if you if I'm looking and I'm saying what's a Christmas movie, Rob, you tell me why it is a Christmas movie, Brian. I want to hear why it's not a Christmas movie. So, well, go ahead, Rob. You you start. You tell me because you started this whole thing. So, why why is Die Hard a Christmas movie? What's your uh, what's your what's your case? All right, three reasons. Ready? One, it takes place on Christmas Eve. Two, there's lots of snow. And three, it's a feel-good movie. You wait, feel good wait, wait, wait. Again. There's no snow in Die Hard. I think you're thinking Die Hard 2, they have snow. But Die Hard 1 takes two, place in L.A. That's true. Two, there's a lot of snow in that one. And that one's around Christmas, too. But no, I, I just think it's a good feel-good movie, and it takes place Christmas Eve. And there's a Santa Claus in it. Well, there's a Santa suit in it with a machine gun. But regardless, it takes place over Christmas Eve, and there's a Santa suit. And it's at a holiday party. It's, it's based around a Christmas party so how is it not a christmas movie okay brian let's take yours what's your case uh i want to know the part in die hard that shows the spirit of christmas the christmas party oh the party okay two strangers (laughs) two strangers cops opposite sides of the coast meet together over a microphone and they help deal with evil and Nakasomi Towers, Plaza. right? Come on. <laughs> yeah, it, we it, we can we could call it a Christmas movie if you want to, just because it takes place on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, whatever. But it's not a, a Christmas movie. It's not The Polar Express. It's not Elf. It's not Christmas Vacation. It's not The Grinch. We can go on. I mean, there's, there's, those are Christmas movies. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life Christmas. barely took place at Christmas. The last like ten minutes were Christmas. And that's a Christmas movie, right? Sure. That's that's kind of like a Die Hard Christmas movie. Oh, uh, <laughs> if you if you say it's not a Wonderful Life, it's not a Christmas movie. I'm gonna jump through the screen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? Here's what I would say. I, I'm actually on Rob's side with the the Die Hard being a Christmas movie. A, you have a gift being delivered he's going to see his wife on christmas he brings the big bear which got a bow on it right there's your present you've got a santa in the elevator by the elevator it's a it's an inflatable santa right like the little plastic one that's there you've got the words ho 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 written albeit on a dead body because john mcclain takes care of the guy you've got that you've got gift wrap because at the end of the movie he's got the gift wrap tape uh with the gun on the back which helps him kill the bad guy so for all those and then at the end when the movie ends they play a christmas music song so there you go. That's that's my case for it. So that being said, it's on a our Bruce Willis action movie that takes place <laughs> on Christmas Day. It's not a Christmas movie. <laughs> All that being said, Die Hard is on this bracket for you guys. So the rules of the bracket are: you guys get to vote. If you want to take you know a quick thirty seconds, say why you like one movie or the other. That's fine. If there's a tiebreaker, I will be the tiebreaking vote. If it's two to zero, obviously my vote doesn't matter. We'll move on. So all right on the. Uh, one side of the bracket, we have Christmas Vacation versus the Santa Claus, the Tim Allen movie, the Santa Claus. So, Brian, which which one is that? Which one do you like better? Which Christmas one's better? Vacation. No, what? Hands down. Okay, Rob. What about you? Oh, Christmas Vacation, hands down. All right, that's an easy one. Okay, the next one, Christmas Story versus Home Alone. Rob, we'll go with you at the beginning of this. Wow. Christmas Story oh. versus Home Alone. This is a tough one. What 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 seed is this? Is this I a four know. five? This, this yeah. Well, there's this four is, on each side of the bracket. There's eight, so this, it's the lowest would be a four seed. That's a not a that's not a two six. That, that's, that's a two three. three. This, this is a two, is a two three. three. This is a two three. This is a two okay. three. You know what? I'm gonna go 
I'm going to go Home Alone only because Carter and I watched Home Alone for the first time this year, and he cracked up. And I think is a little nostalgia, as much as I like Christmas Story. Home Alone, is, is I've watched it a lot now recently because it's Carter's love in his movie, so I'm going to go Home Alone. All right. Brian, what about you? Oh, definitely Home Alone. All right. If I had to vote, too, I would have said that I love Christmas Story. I've actually been to the Christmas Story house in Cleveland. It's in a little shady part of town, but... Pretty cool. You can actually go to the house. The inside's a museum. The backyard looks just like just like the movie. Kind of cool. Uh, the legs in the window, all that stuff. So on the other side of the bracket, funny that Brian actually brought these two up when, they, when he was categorizing them, but Die Hard versus Polar Express. So Brian, what do you say this one? When you said it's not Ooh. Polar Express when you were talking about Die Hard. But. I know. I have, to, I have to go Polar Express because that's an actual Christmas movie. Well, I know it's going to be Die Hard, and I got a tiebreaker right now. So, <laughs> check one for Rob Finn. All right, and the tiebreaking vote, I do say Die Hard. I do like Polar Express. I actually watched half of it with my kids before they went to bed today. The hot chocolate on the on the train, all that stuff. So, Tom Hanks that looks exactly like Tom Hanks, even though it's the computer animated version of him is kind of cool though. But we'll say Die Hard moves on. All right, the next one, Scrooged versus Elf. Scrooged with uh, Bill Murray. And Elf, obviously, with, with the Will Ferrell. So, Brian, we'll start with you. Ooh, that's a tough one. Scrooge is a good, good classic movie. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to have to go Elf, I think, just because there's too many uh, one-liners in that, to, that that you can quote basically all year round. Uh, so I'm going to go with Elf. All right, Rob, what's your take? What's your vote? I think this comes down to Bill Murray versus Will Ferrell, and I'm going to go with Bill Murray. I like right. the good classic Scrooge movie. Um, I think it's it's kind of it's a fun take and a fun twist on an old time classic. So I'm gonna go Scrooge. All right, and my tie tiebreaking vote in this scenario, I'm actually gonna go with Elf. I do like Scrooge. Um, I, I, I like both movies, but Elf I think was just a little bit really creative. Um, Will Ferrell did a great job. The whole New York City part of it is really cool too. Um, so I'm gonna go ahead. Go with Elf. All right, so we are back to the other side of the bracket. Now we've got Christmas Vacation versus Home Alone. Rob, we'll start with you. I'm sorry. Yeah, this is tough. Um, I think Home Alone was great, but it's geared towards the kids. It's fun for adults. But I'm going to go Christmas Vacation because it's a classic, classic movie. It has a lot of different dynamics. It's not just one or two characters that has a lot of good characters and a lot of good scenes. So I'm going to go Christmas Vacation. Okay. Brian? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to agree. Uh, Christmas Vacation, I'm not going to lie, Christmas Vacation my favorite Christmas movie, so I'm sending that one to the finals. All right. On the other side of the bracket, Rob, we will start with you. Die Hard versus Elf. I mean, I brought it up, so I'm going to have to go Die Hard. <laughs> Brian, who are you? I think Brian know where Brian's going to go, but go ahead, oh, Brian. I, sure. I mean, look, let's just you know all right we'll we'll look at this uh uh, in a different way okay let's just say die hard is a christmas movie as christmas movies go which one uh you know i I guess rob obviously is going to think differently he's he's a die hard but uh i'm gonna go elf all right yeah i mean you got to think about it as you know at the end of the movie if you look at Alf and, and Die Hard, right? One of them you want you want to go work out after you watch the movie. The other one you want to just you know hug your kids and enjoy the Christmas spirit. So, so by Christmas, like a, like a normal Christmas. Yeah, like a normal Christmas, but 
exactly. Yeah. So my tie-breaking vote would be for Elf. I do love Die Hard. I think I'd put Die Hard in all my final fours, but I can't, I can't have Die Hard winning at all for the best Christmas movie. But I do like it. So I'm going to go with Elf. So the finals. Finals now is Christmas Vacation versus Elf. So I know, I think I know what Brian's going to say. So we're going to start with Brian. We already said it's his favorite Christmas movie, but Brian, what's what's your vote? That that I mean, that's that's a good that's a good finals right there. That's uh, you know, that's that's definitely a seven game series. But uh, Christmas Vacation comes out on top. All right, Rob. Yeah, I got to go with it. You know, it's funny. I think that we have the two. I'd say two probably the funniest Christmas movies, right? I mean, there's a lot of good Christmas spirit in them, but I think they're both categorized as comedies. And um, it's funny that we both have comedies at the end, but I'm going to go Christmas Vacation because, again, I think there's too many, too, too many good one-liners. The whole family, like, everyone's got that uncle there. You know, there's just so many good characters, so many good scenes. So Christmas, Christmas Vacation. Yep. All right. Well, Christmas Vacation wins. If I had to vote, not that anybody really cares too much, but my opinion, I would still take Christmas Vacation. I do love Elf. I think Elf's a fantastic movie. It's great. Uh, but Christmas Vacation just seems to be the classic. You've got the, you know, the Clark Griswold. You've got Eddie and his RV. You've got the crazy neighbors that are mean. Um, yeah, that's that's just by far. I think it uh, it beats it. But Elf, you know, all these all these Elaine movies are from great. Elaine Seinfeld. That's yep. the neighbor. What is it? Margo? Is her name Margo? Why is the yeah. carpet all wet, Todd? Why is the carpet all wet, Todd? <laughs> Todd. No. Or what is it when, when Clark gets all the lights to work and the, the old aunt, Aunt Betty, says, uh, what does she say? Is your house on fire, Clark? <laughs> no, it's just the lights. So, yeah, there's some great. The, of course, the cat. The cat scene is hilarious. Um, yeah, there's, there's some great stuff. So, all right, guys. Well, uh, we only got like one more minute, a couple more minutes left. So, in your final minute, I kind of want to hear: Is there anything you guys like to do on Christmas, cr- around Christmas, within a couple days? I mean, obviously, I know things are different this year, but you know, do you guys have any fun traditions you guys have ever, you guys still do, um, or started with? So, uh, Brian, we'll start with you. Do you have any fun things you do now that you have kids well, or before kids? You or? know, before kids, my tradition was to go Christmas shopping on Christmas Eve. <laughs> Didn't. Really- uh, you know, working and and just doing other stuff. I guess you know, I never really focused on actually getting gifts for everybody, and then become Christmas Eve because I get out of work early, uh, and I go hit the mall and buy stuff for for everybody. But you know, now you know, as a responsible adult and doing the adulting thing, uh, you got to do everything beforehand. So you know, now it's taking care of. Uh, you know the list for everybody. Do what we got to do. Um, but one thing I like to do with with the family is, just, you know, when we get our Christmas tree, we decorate that and decorate the house, uh, and it just, you know, makes everything look a little bit more bright. Uh, and it's kind of nice for the end of the year. Get the family together uh, and enjoy it and have a good time. All right, Rob. Any fun traditions? Any things you do pre kids? You know, after after kid. Um, I want to say, you know, we, we used to go to my aunt's house every year growing up. And then once my cousin who lives up here in Connecticut had their kids, my aunt stopped hosting. And about four years back, I decided to take the initiative as being the oldest grandson and hosting we, we call his cousins Christmas. So we get all the cousins together. We get, usually it's a week or two before Christmas and we just party, have a blast because we don't always get to see each other because we're all getting to be adults now. Half of us have kids. Um, 
And uh, it's kind of funny because now the adults want to get together. And I say, well, you guys stopped doing Christmas, so we're not doing it anymore. And unfortunately, this year with COVID, we uh, you know, weren't able to have that. So I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to next year when we can get that tradition back up and started again. Because that's something we literally have a group cousins chat. And we start talking about Cousins Christmas in July. So excited, waiting for it to happen. We start planning out dates, who's going to host Who's going to get the gag gifts this year? And usually everyone, there's always like a one or two gifts that just keeps getting recycled year in year. And we do a white elephant Christmas exchange. And it's just a fun time. So it's kind of a new tradition we started a few years ago. And hopefully we get back into it next year. That's cool. Um, one, one I've kind of had uh, a good buddy of mine from uh, back in Arizona. We used to start a tradition when we were old enough to drink. Is uh, His dad got us on this eggnog and brandy mix it was on christmas eve um i'd go to midnight mass with his family we'd come back his dad would pour us the 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 eggnog and brandy never honestly i never drink brandy ever except for christmas eve with the with the eggnog sprinkle a little nutmeg in there and then we would help my buddy wrap gifts right we had three of us that kind of lived in the neighborhoods we're all close so that was kind of fun we'd we'd start wrapping the gifts for him because he'd wait kind of till brian like brian did till christmas eve and um, you know we were all in college or back in town and then you know of course we could all walk home which made it easy. So that's a tradition we've been kind of keeping up, even though I've had kids. Um, and, you know, I, I still always have a, a toast to my buddy. Unfortunately, his parents have both passed away, but we keep the tradition alive. We send each other a quick text um, with a picture of us drinking eggnog and brandy on, on Christmas Eve. So that's, uh, that's a fun little tradition. Outside of that, I think one of the fun things we like to do with the kids is, you know, grab some hot chocolate um, and, and kind of go around and look at Christmas lights. We just pick a night drive around and um you know kind of look at the christmas lights kind of a fun little thing listen to the christmas music so um we did that one day already but i think we're going to do one as it gets closer to christmas just kind of uh to get into the spirit so um i think that's that's kind of a fun thing to do with the family right pick any day of the week drive around i think this year especially with with covid so many people are doing decorating the house which is great so you know that's something you can do it's safe you all hop in the car and drive around so check that out so all right guys well for all of us here, for Ryan, Brian, Rob, and myself, we wish you guys a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. If we don't do this, which I'm guessing we probably won't do another one this year, um, based on our track record, if we don't, have a happy and safe new year. All right? <laughs> all right, everybody. Thanks. Have a good one. Happy New Year. Happy New Year.